Ash and I are going to be doing something slightly different, and that is painting a picture of the fall as we see God leading us in this next season. I think back to New Year's Eve 2020, when we had a roaring 20s New Year's Eve party at our house. Where were you? New Year's Eve 2020, thinking all the exciting things that are about to happen in 2020, and none of them happened. Um, we didn't expect what was about to come, and the last 18 months have been so challenging. We've, it's been said many times that we've been going through the same storm, but we've been in different boats. Some boats have been doing pretty good. You've weathered the storm pretty well. Some boats have been kind of patching the leaks as you've gone through the years. And then some boats have been struggling to stay afloat. It's been a tough time. Many have lost their jobs and many have had to move from LA to go back home or to move vocations. Many have had to move house. Many relationships have been traumatized. And our church, we've lost many people in our church. We've lost them to other cities. And as people have left, I think we think about 50% of our church community have had to leave LA over the last year. And then we've seen challenges, have we not? Challenges in society. As well as COVID, we've seen huge cultural and societal upheaval around election and politics and racial tensions. And so it's been a tough year, and as Ash and I were praying this summer about, Lord, what do you have for us as a community this fall? The last thing we should do is go, great, we're coming out of COVID, we're back to normal, we're back to business. We're all coming out as we, we're still in it, but we're emerging out of it, and we're emerging bruised. We're emerging beaten up a bit. We're emerging in a season that we feel God is calling us to heal. And so the fall ahead is around that, around that one word, healing in Jesus Christ. That's a community where we're being called to heal. I want to frame this healing around a passage in the book of Ephesians. If you don't know the book of Ephesians, it's one of my favorite letters. In fact, when I was uh, in seminary, a professor said, isn't the Bible overwhelming? How on earth do you get to know the whole Bible really well? And we should read it through, and that's great. But he said, a better tip is to read it through, but go deep in three books. One book of the Old Testament, one gospel, and one letter. It's like, go deep in those books. So I chose the book of Ruth, because it's really short in the Old Testament. And then chose the gospel of Mark, because it's the shortest of the gospels. And then I chose the book of Ephesians, because Ephesians was written by Paul from prison to be a summary of the Christian message. He wrote it as a summary that would go out to many churches, not just the church in Ephesus. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to dig deep in the book of Ephesians because it's kind of like the 360 view of the Christian gospel through the lens of Paul. And one of the key figures, the key pillars of his letter is the beauty of the church, that Christ has called his church to be his bride. And in this passage, we see four metaphors for how Paul describes the church of Jesus Christ. And these four metaphors are going to be our trajectory of healing this fall, as we heal in who God has called us to be. 
So let's read Ephesians chapter 2 together, beginning with verse 19. As we read these four metaphors of this is who the church is, and therefore let's heal in those ways, beginning in verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with God's holy people. Number one, we are citizens. He then says you are members of God's family. Number two, together we are his house. Number three, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple, number four, of the Lord. Through him, you, are, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Paul says you are citizens. You may be a citizen of England or America or Canada, but your primary citizenship is now with Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. Then he says your family. Then he says, you're a house. And then he says, this house is no ordinary house. You are the temple of God. And this fall, as we lean into healing, we're leaning into each one of these identity markers of the church. And the first is this, we are healing communally this fall. We want to heal as a family. We are a family. We looked at that last week at the book of Philemon, how Paul writes to Philemon and says, as you treat each other, you've got to treat each other as siblings, that you are a family of God, that you're not just part of God's house, you're not just in this temple, but you are siblings, you are brothers and sisters, we are to be the family of God. So look to your neighbor and say, hey brother, hey sister. We are brothers. Do you know something awkward last week? You may be here. I don't know who it was, but something awkward happened last week. Because someone, um, I said to everyone last week, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, brother, hey, sister. And someone uh, Instagram, they said, how awkward. I was hoping to date the girl on my right. And suddenly I'm going, <laughs> you're my sister. <laughs> Thanks, Gare. Ruin that one. I hope I didn't ruin it. Go, go for it. Um, but we're family. The challenge is our family, we've been dispersed, and many are online right now and unable to come in person. We miss you. And we've been dispersed, we've been separated, and many have had to leave the city. And so this fall, we want to reconnect and go deeper together as the family of Jesus Christ, to lean into not being just a community, not just a congregation, not just groups of people who love Jesus together, but as family to reconnect as the family of God. In Genesis 1, we read that God made humanity in his image. And that image is a familial relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it makes sense that we are birthed into a deep longing for community, a deep longing for belonging. One of our favorite authors, Brene Brown, writes this. She said, after collecting thousands of stories, I'm willing to call this a fact. A deep sense of belonging is an irreducible need of all men, women, and children. We are biologically, cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to belong. When this need is not met, we don't function as we were meant to. We break, we fall apart, we grow numb, we ache, we hurt others, we get sick. 
There are certainly other causes of illness, numbness, and hurt, but the absence of belonging will always lead to suffering. Brene wrote this way before COVID hit, and hasn't it, doesn't it ring true? As we've been separated and isolated, we've hungered more than ever for rich, deep community, because we were created to be family around the presence of Jesus Christ. So we want to invite you this fall into intentionally leaning in to connection and reconnection. It's always, it always amazes me in a transient city and zip code like we are here, how many people always feel, I don't really feel connected. I don't really find I belong yet. And whenever I do a raise of hands, how many of you feel that, you know, you still haven't really connected and found your kind of group? Most of the hands in the room go up. And so we want to encourage you. We've got on-ramps for connection, on-ramps for reconnection. And we want to invite you to lean in. We can't force you. But we do want you to lean in and go, you know what? I'm going to get connected. So here's three ways this fall that we want you to consider getting connected. The first thing are our courses. That our courses are ways as we gather around Jesus Christ, you're going to gather with other people, learn together, worship together, pray together, and then you'll grow deep in community together. We've got three courses, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Ash will explain in a minute, Alpha, I'll explain. But we've also, excitingly, got Vintage Women starting and our Bible study for Vintage Women, which is going to be amazing. So, September 20th, how many of you signed up for the Bible study? Great, a few guys. Put your hands down, guys. Uh, So, please, we've got so many people signed up for that. There's room for anybody who wants to sign up. No courses at Vintage are capped unless there's physical space issues. So please do sign up for that. Sign up in, a, in advance. My wife and Ash's wife, Sibs, will be leading that. So we can't wait you to join on those things. We've also not just got courses. We've got groups. We've got community groups across the city. If you could have that slide up. Yeah, so groups across the city that you can go on our website. You'll see pictures of these lovely people who lead our groups. A bit of description about the groups and you can join. And our groups are always open, and you can just go along and check it out. And if you don't feel it's the right fit for you, try somewhere else. There's a truism that I learned years ago that sometimes people feel trapped in community groups. They go, oh, I don't really fit, but I went, and I've gone a couple of times. And the only way, it's so awkward to say I'm going to try a different group. And sociologically, it's so funny that when that happens, that people would rather leave the church to get out of the awkward relationship then actually just leave the group and try a different group. So you've got permission to go, you guys are awesome, but I just don't think this is the group for me. No leader is going to say, how dare you? You know, just try different groups. We want you to find a connection. And finally, teams. We have teams on a Sunday. We have mission teams, kids teams, greeting teams. Connection happens when we get in line with how God made us. And God made us to be servants. Not to be consumers, but contributors. And it's no surprise then that when we serve together, we connect and we grow together. And so we've got these amazing teams in our church. This is the family. We put on church together. It's not just Ash doing everything. It's all of us helping Ash do everything. (laughs) But we want you to join a team because we know not only will you bless others, but you'll be blessed in rich, deep connection. All of our teams are relationally centered, not productivity centered. 
They're relationally centered, that we get to know each other in teams. So if you can join our hospitality team, our coffee team, our youth team, our kids team, whatever it may be, join a team because that's where you'll connect. We've also got socials coming up around different life stages, parent nights, singles nights, all this kind of stuff. But we want you to lean in and feel that you belong here as a family. So this fall is about healing, firstly, healing communally, healing as a family. Secondly, we want to heal emotionally. Heal emotionally. In verse 20, it says this, Together we are God's house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. In verse 21, we are carefully joined together in him. And the image is Jesus building his house and taking these broken bricks and stones and carefully connecting them to him to heal us that we may be part of his house. There's that beautiful, carefully healing. And I don't know about you, but I'm broken and I need Jesus to heal me. And so I want to invite Ash up now, Pastor Ash, to talk about how we're going to go on a journey this fall for emotional healing. Let's give it up for Pastor Ash. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just quickly, how many of you, like me, are familiar with the struggle to become spiritually mature while being stuck as an emotional infant? Show of hands. The rest of you are in denial. Um, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I want to say there's a wonderful space where we can take our knowledge of God, our theology, our knowledge of self, our emotions, and our stories, and meet with the presence of God through prayer and become whole and healed. And allow the Holy Spirit, who is the great archaeologist of the soul, to just brush away layer after layer after layer after layer and bring restoration and purpose and healing and identity and security. And if we are to be a people that God's calling us to be, the people to take healing into the streets of our city, then it has to start first and foremost with us. As for me in my house, God, you know me. You know me better than I know myself. And so we have to allow God into those places. The difficulty is that often takes a season of time to properly put the brakes on the busyness of life in our city. We live in a city that's constantly recapturing our imaginations and our appetites and filling our calendars with busyness. Whether it's social life, or work life, we're constantly on the go. And so it's so easy just to push those things that need his attention aside, yeah? Know what I mean? The invitation of emotionally healthy spirituality is to slow down. It's an eight-week course where we invite you to slow down, put the brakes on, do some deep self-examination in the presence of God, and allow the Holy Spirit to bring about healing and transformation. We've got some wonderful testimonies of God doing deep work during this course. In his book, The Cry of the Soul, Dale Allender has this wonderful, powerful observation. Ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality, and reality is where we meet God. So for some of us, we just need to press pause and get in touch with our own reality. 
and say, God, here am I. It's been a brutal season. I've been through this, 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 this. And I recognize, Lord, I just need that healing presence deep within my soul. That's the invitation of emotionally healthy spirituality. Slowing down, practicing the presence of God and allowing him into those deeper places to bring healing and transformation. So we're starting that on Thursday the 23rd. We're going to be running that for eight weeks. Secondly, prayer, 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 and more prayer. You know I'm passionate about prayer. And part of our vision at Vintage is to become a people of prayer that we would be a people that build healthy rhythms, patterns, and practices of prayer that work with the life we have in LA. And so we have to sometimes push back against the dysfunctional patterns of our city and create alternative ones where we are built up in God through prayer. So there's a number of ways we're going to be doing that this semester. The good news is, as of today, our prayer chapel is open for business. And for those of you that don't know, we have an incredible space that during COVID lockdown, we have transformed into a prayer house, a house of prayer, a room of prayer with five other smaller rooms that you can go in, you can go on our website, you can book a time and you can go in and practice the presence of God. Go in and sit for an hour or two for stillness, solitude, silence and prayer. So there's an invitation to do that. We'll be holding prayer meetings in our prayer chapel as we cry out to God for ourselves, for our church, and for our city. So check that out on our website. Prayer team is now available every Sunday after the service. I said this last week, we have prayer team who will be available on either side of the stage at the end of the service, and they would love to pray for you. We have so many testimonies of people meeting with God as they take the vulnerable step just to come forward and meet with prayer team and be prayed for at the end of the services and in our Kingdom Comes and at other events. And we'll be holding a prayer team training. We'll be teaching on how to listen to God's voice, how to hear God's voice, and how to pray for others. So keep your eyes open for that date when we do that. Prayer team training. We'll be having a healing prayer retreat so as we enter into the Christmas season, which is often one of the most distracted, noisiest, exhausting seasons, know what I mean? And then everyone goes home, and then everyone comes back from Christmas and signs up to gyms and counselors. <laughs> you know what I mean. We want to go into Christmas just a little bit more rooted in the Lord. So we're going to be holding an Advent healing retreat here in this building, using our prayer chapel and all the other space, where we're just going to sit and, again, continue to learn how to practice the presence of God, how to wait on the Lord, and how to press into Him. So EHS, prayer, prayer, and more prayer. The invitation is this semester. Think about what it would look like if you decided to make a personal project of I'm going to push back and in my calendar just achieve more prayer between now and this coming Christmas. I wonder what God could do in us and through us if we were a people that lent into prayer like that. That's the invitation. Yeah. All right, so we've had two metaphors. We are the family of God. We are to heal as a family and we're the house of his of his presence, where he heals us and we enjoy his presence. The third is that we are to heal this fall theologically. Heal theologically. That we are, in verse 19, it says, you are citizens, along with all God's holy people, member of his family, together his house, but you are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, that's the doctrine of the church, and the cornerstone 
is Christ Jesus himself. We are citizens of heaven. Whatever citizenship you are, American, British, Australian, Canadian, French, we have lots of people in the room from many different parts of the world, our primary allegiance is to the citizenship of heaven. We follow King Jesus. And this last year, we've been tested more than ever to ask the question, what does it mean to follow Jesus and while we navigate the issues of our contemporary society? What does it mean to follow Jesus in the election season and in politics? What does it mean to follow Jesus around the issues of justice, around issues of race and racial discrimination? What does it mean to follow Jesus when we're looking at our rights of freedom or our responsibilities of civil obedience? What does it mean to follow Jesus in the different fears of progressive or liberal or conservative movements in the church and in our nation? What does it mean to follow Jesus as we navigate the crisis of particularly the evangelical church, but also the mainline churches? Leadership scandals the last year have been increasing. And if you've heard the and are listening to the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, just the sense of the tragedy of a broken church. I was reading just this morning, Tim Keller has written a recent article, you can find it on his website, called The Decline and Renewal of the American Church. He writes this, there is no more urgent question for American Christians than this. What is wrong with the American church? And how can its witness and ministry be renewed? He goes on, virtually everyone agrees that something is radically wrong with the church. Inside, there is more polarization and conflict than ever, with all the factions agreeing, for different reasons, that the church is in deep trouble. The church has been traumatized the last 18 months. And so we want this fall to push into, Jesus, how are you reshaping, reforming, and renewing your church? We're going to do that in a number of ways. Firstly, we're going to do a preaching series beginning in October, October and November, where we will be doing a series called Jesus and. Jesus and. It's very simple. Jesus and one of the big issues that we faced the last year. Asking the question, what does Jesus think about this? I've been asked many times over the last 18 months, okay, what do you think about this? And my answer is the same every time. What a strange question. Don't know why you want my opinion, because our religion is not Garyanity, it's Christianity. <laughs> and what I think only matters as we both come before Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you think? We are followers of Jesus, not our own fears, our own agenda, our political persuasions. We are followers of Jesus. And so this fall, we're going to look at, Jesus, what do you think about this? We're going to open up his Bible and go, we want to follow you. See, we don't follow Trump or Biden. We don't adhere to capitalism or socialism. We don't identify as evangelicalism or liberalism. We're not USC or UCLA. <laughs> we are followers. That hurt. That one hurt, Gare. That one hurt. You went on sacred ground on that one. 
too far. We are followers of Jesus, not followers of temporary structures in the world. So we are going to ask, what does Jesus think about these things? We'll, I'm pulling together that series now. And we will have on some Sundays where we think this will probably raise some questions. We'll have Q&A after the service as well. And then on some of the topics, we'll do the midweek. Because even a 45-minute or 30-minute sermon isn't enough. But it's time to heal theologically. As we come around Jesus and we will identify, you know what, this is not of Jesus. This is more of our fears, our anxiety, our culture, but it's not of Jesus. It is time we stripped them down. And then we need to be brave and go, but this is of Jesus. Even though it's unpopular, (laughs) even though it was countercultural, this is of Jesus. And even if we shrink We can't bow to the political or popularity persuasion. We have to follow Jesus. We are his people. We're also going to have some guest preachers, which I'm very excited about. Because you look at me and Ash, and certainly from my, you look at me in particular and go, you're a chubby white man. (laughs) We need some different voices on stage. And we believe that too. And so we want diverse voices, uh, male and female, and people of different color. And so we're excited that uh, we're just finalizing the dates of some dear friends who are coming to preach, and we hope more to come. Bishop Kenneth Ulmer from Faithful Central down in um, Inglewood will be coming to preach. Pastor Miles McPherson from the Rock Church in San Diego, and Christine Kane will be coming to preach as well. So we're very excited to have different people coming. But for some, the theological questions go beyond confusion and inquisitive to crisis. And the last 18 months for many have triggered a spiritual breakdown. Not just emotionally hurt, but I don't know what I think anymore about anything. In fact, many have looked at the behavior of the church, the behavior of Christians on TV, the behavior of movements, and have gone, you know, I I don't want to be associated with that. And in fact, I'm not too sure that my faith can stand anymore. I don't know what to believe. I don't know if I still believe what I grew up with. I don't know if I believe what this guy says on stage. I don't know how to interpret this Bible. Everyone seems to use it for their own agenda. It's a spiritual breakdown. It's a crisis. It's what is called deconstruction in the fancy literature. And I went through a similar season. You know my story, around 24, 25 years old. I was so upset with some things in the church so disillusioned. And I want to say, I had lots of brokenness that contributed to that. So I don't blame others, but I got to a place where it was like, I just don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. And I left. I went through my own kind of wandering around the streets of London going, I remember distinctly going, what do I believe? Is this all just made up? And so I went on a journey to re-examine and rethink my faith with others in safety, without fear of judgment, looking at Jesus and going, can I just look at Jesus and strip away the stuff that's not him? I just want to look at Jesus and then see what I believe. I did that through something called Alpha. Alpha is a a series of eight weeks, and we're focusing this Alpha this fall on people who are questioning and rethinking, what do I believe? Just as I did. 
I'll be leading that with some uh, great leaders. And really, it's a conversation where we're going to gather around, and I want to create a safe space for you that I had, where we go, you know what, I just don't know what to believe anymore. And we're going to look at Jesus together and also hear each other's hurts, hear each other's pain, share the agony of some of the disastrous behavior of the church that we can actually process our spiritual breakdown without destroying everything and throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So I want you to find that space. So join me on Alpha. Sign up. It's starting soon. I want just to say it's okay, just before we move on to the next one, it's okay to be really angry with the church. I mean, it's, it's okay to be violently angry with the church. Because Jesus was. Jesus went into the temple courts with a whip and said, how dare you? How dare you turn my house into a den of robbers when it's supposed to be a house of prayer and welcoming of others and love and mercy? How dare you do this? And sometimes we as a church seem to stand up and go, we got, this is not of Jesus. And we need to tear this down. And then have the courage to go, I'm not going to throw away Jesus because of the church. I'm going to actually see that my faith is about him. And sometimes the church just doesn't look like him. Now, sometimes it does gloriously. And I think through the power of the Holy Spirit, we've seen this last year, many of you guys and all of our ministry here in church represent Jesus beautifully. I'm so proud of the way that we've served the, served the least, the marginalized. It's been so beautiful. But I want you to feel it's okay as we look at broader society to go, I need to get back to Jesus and work out what I believe with him because I'm so disillusioned. And that's okay. Let's do that together. Okay, and then finally, fourthly, we are to heal missionally. Missionally. It says in verse 21, we are becoming the temple of the Lord. And the temple is a picture not only of God's presence, but it was the place in the Old Testament where heaven and earth would meet, that they would overlap, that the presence of God was so significant. Think of Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you've seen that movie. The, the, the presence of God was like, oh my word, this is where God's presence actually is. And it was never to be a static physical building, but it was a foretaste of one day the presence of God would fill the world, that heaven would come fully and merge with earth and, be, and heal the brokenness. And so when it comes to Jesus, he says, the temple is no longer a physical building, but it's my church so that we can bring the presence of God into society and heal our land, heal, bring love and mercy and grace to those around us. Be salt and light in the world. The temple imagery is not supposed to be static, but missional. And in this season, we are called to Los Angeles at such a time where our city is hurting. Our city is broken. And I'm so glad that during COVID, we lent into initiatives like Love Your Neighbor, where we went out and served. And we were in, our, in the power of the Holy Spirit, the aroma of Christ. And we're going to lean into that this fall because healing comes as we bring healing to others. And so we're partnering with our missions partners. There's more opportunities to get involved with Salvation Army and others. And we're also excited to start partnering with our church partnerships. We've developed partnerships with churches of different color that we can be one church across the city 
So we're looking at various events and missional opportunities with Faithful Central, majority African-American church in Inglewood, with Tapestry LA, a majority Asian-American church in uh, Burbank, Glendale area, and El Centro Cristiano Ebenezer, a uh, Latin American church in uh, Baldwin Hills. And so we are so excited to partner with them as one church across the city. As we say, we're one family, and so look out for more opportunities that we're going to worship events together and mission events together. And Ted, is Ted Chen here? I don't know if Ted Chen's here, but Ted is... Uh, leading even trips that he's going to start saying, come with me as we go worship with these churches on Sundays, as we express our unity across the city together. Healing missionally, that we seek to heal our city. I'd love the worship team to come on as we come to worship now. But I want to ask you, as a pastor here, to lean into healing. Let's just not just consume, not just come and watch. But God's called us to be a family, citizens of heaven, a house of health, and a temple of mission. And it's going to take us all to lean in, to go, you know what? I want to be part of that journey. I want to be part of what God is doing in our community. And it begins with healing. So let's stand together. And before we worship, I'm going to ask us all to read out the scripture to read this amazing passage, that it becomes our identity marker. It becomes our manifesto of this is who we are as we heal this fall. So let's read together. Say it loud and proud. Together we read. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his Spirit."